Welcome to the Uni Center for Positive Living, especially if this is your first time. We're glad you could come. And now I'd like to read to you from the Daily Word with today's opening message for Sunday, August 20th, Understanding. With understanding, my spirit is always cool. One of the best ways to remain calm in any agitating circumstance is to practice understanding. Seeking to understand gives me information and insight and eases my reactivity. It keeps my emotional thermostat dialed down if I am tempted to lose my cool. Perhaps poet Rudyard Kipling was referring to understanding in his poem, If, when he wrote of the importance of keeping your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. Properly mastered, my power of understanding gives me the strength and presence of mind to be a beacon in times of trouble or crisis. Whatever this day may bring, I will carry the light of understanding with me. I am cool in spirit, I am understanding. And from the Bible, one who is cool in spirit has understanding. Proverbs 17, 27. And now it's time for Surely the Presence. Please join us in singing while Joyce leads us in Surely the Presence. And she's gonna do this twice. I invite you on the second time to close your eyes and sing this to yourself. statement. Let's all say our opening statement together. There is only one presence and one power active as the universe and as my life. God the good. And now it's time for a welcoming song. Please feel free to stand up while Joyce leads us in our welcoming song in the garden. And don't sit down afterwards because we're going to run around and, and greet each other. Anyway, Joyce.
I'm going to turn on the zoomers. Everyone, feel free to go around and greet one another. Morning. If we turn on our Hi. voices, are we going to make everyone in the room hear that noise? <laughs> oh, it went away. Nice. It's, it sounds like it did go away. How are you doing yeah. this fine morning, Fred? Doing fine. Good. Good hey. to see you, Marriott, my friend. Good to see you. Hey, Steve. You can unmute. Good morning, Steve. Nice to meet you. I'm Audrey. Oh, I think you're on mute. You're on mute. <laughs> okay. Can you hear me now? Oh, there you are. Yes, there you yeah, are. Hello. <laughs> nice, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Glad you're yeah, here. There's absolutely. Bill in the room. There's Jerry. Wonderful. So where There's are you Jerry. at, Steve? I'm in uh, Centralia here. Okay. Oh, Centralia. Wow. Yeah, off of 3rd and Pearl Street. Oh, okay. You're right in town. You're just down the road. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Just down the road. There's Joyce. Hi, Joyce. Hi. <laughs> wow, my face is really big on that screen. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> How are you doing, Mariette? Hey, I'm great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah you look amazing as always. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Fred was I telling me how he he doesn't get any snow in where he lives. I kind of miss it in a way after getting so much up there in uh, Centralia. Yeah. Can you, yeah, yeah. Can you hear us out there in Zoom land? Hi, yes, hi Johnny. Well, welcome, hi, Johnny. Steve. I don't think I've seen you before. Welcome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I was here two weeks ago, but I missed last yeah. week. <laughs> All right. Well, it's nice to have you back again. Thank you. Good to be back. Okay, here we go. Yep, 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 yep. Have to, have, to, have to turn that on. There we go. Gotta push that button. Yeah. One, one more button. We're good. We got a lot of buttons pushed around here, folks. You can push my button. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, now it's time for announcements. Uh, Joanne is sending out weekly email notices with details of regular events on the weeks when they occur for Grandfather's Services and Dr. Daria's Circle Book and Film Discussions. Um, this month, Dr. Daria and her group will be discussing Deconstructing Karen. Deconstructing Karen is a documentary, a wonderful documentary. I highly encourage you all to watch it. Come and join us next Sunday at 3. And um, we'll be having a board meeting today after services. Yeah. And let's see what else. Oh. Anybody else got an announcement? Yes, Penny. Um, 
Just a reminder that Gabe's birthday is next Saturday, is that the 26th? Yeah. yeah. I heard a couple people showed up Saturday, last Saturday. And maybe don't don't make fun of me for showing up two weeks later. <laughs> Gabe's and birthday is Saturday the 26th, 10 o'clock. Just an FYI, <laughs> um, Mary said they're doing just doing cake and she said she's got it under control other than some utensils, which I think Cindy may possibly bring. Uh, from Brazil? I don't think so. From Brazil? Oh, I'd be happy to. I told so you I anyway. A whole bag full of plastic. Okay. At home, I can we share. got that figured out. So okay. she, she's keeping it simple. And I am buying him a sprinkler and a hose. That's what he's been asking for all summer. So if anyone is bringing presents and wants to bounce off that, you're welcome. Anyone else? Any other answers? Yes, Tom. What do you got there, Tom? Can you hold that in front of the camera so everybody can see? I will. Look at that. Another wonderful card from Fred. Thank you so much, Fred. Can't tell you how much we all appreciate the beautiful cards you send us. You get that? You get that. see the wolf? All right. Maybe. And always with a beautiful message inside, too. Thank you so much, Fred. <laughs> He's still working. Oh, there he is. There he is. All right. Thank you, Fred. Okay. Any announcements out there in Zoom land? I don't see any hands being raised. There's that lovely message from Fred. Okay, it's so wonderful to have people here from all over our country. And now it's time for our unity statement. Internationally. So we'll give Penny a second to get it up. Yep, I'm right behind you, Johnny. Okie dokie, here we go. Yep. There it is. All right, let's all say this together. We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and others, revealing the one God presence. We practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. And now it's time for a song of joy. The Joyce will lead us in. I am so happy. Feel free to stand on up if you like. Three times? Okay. First says three times through.
Thank you, Jules. Uh oh. Okay. Oh, now it's time for a reading. This morning, our reading will be by Jerry. <laughs> okay. Um, selected uh, today's reading from um, a book written by Myrtle. Bill Moore, one of our co-founders, and uh, the name, of the title of the book is How to Let God Help You, and I selected an excerpt from a chapter uh, on prosperity in the home. Um, there need not, there need be no poor homes. Every home can be prosperous. If you want prosperity in your home, you will have to exercise the intelligent discrimination in selecting your word seed that the farmer uses in selecting his seed. When you talk and talk hard times, you are sowing hard times seed. By the sure law of growth and yield, what kind of harvest you will reap? If a farmer sowed thistle seed and then complained that his field did not yield him wheat, you would say the foolish man. If you wanted wheat, why didn't he just plant wheat? You can begin now to bring prosperity in your home. The first thing for you to do is to discard the words that have in them the idea of poverty, and then select carefully the words that hold the idea of plenty. Never make an assertion, no matter how true it may look at the service that you do not want continued or uh, reproduced in your home. Do not say that money is scarce. The very statement of such a thought will send money fleeing from your fingers. Never say that times are hard with you. These words will tighten your purse strings and omnipotence will be powerless to loosen them. Begin right now to talk plenty. Think plenty and give thanks for plenty. Never condemn anything in your home. If you want articles of new furniture or clothing to take the place of those that may be at the point of giving out, do not talk about that you are at whatever you have as being old or shabby. Watch your ideas. See yourself as clothed as befits the child of the king and your house furnished as please your ideals. Use the patience, the wisdom, and the acidity of the farmer in his planning and cultivating, and your crop will be as sure as his. Yeah! Yeah! Thank you, Jerry. Powerful law of attraction stuff from Myrtle there. <laughs> Think about abundance, you will be abundant. Think about lack, and the universe will bring you more lack. Remember, the universe doesn't know. It just kicks that vibration you send out and matches it with the same. Here, now here. it's time for our meditation song. Please join us. Enjoy these and sin. May the blessing of God rest upon you.
This is a very short song. Thank you, Joyce. Yes, very beautiful. Good slide, too. And now it's time for affirmations. Please join us in saying our affirmations today. I am the love of God and expression. I am truly thankful for all the good I already experience. I am growing more prosperous with every day. I am healthy, active, whole, and happy. I am always growing and expanding into the fulfillment of my potential. And I am at peace, knowing everything I need comes to me in the perfect time and the perfect way. Yeah, now it's time for the Lord's Prayer. This is the third Sunday of the month, so we will be praying the traditional Lord's Prayer today, followed by the Alleluia. Let's all say it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And leave us not in temptation, but deliver us from error. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. down there too. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, everyone. All right, now it's time for our speaker. As most of you know, we're privileged to have a different speaker each Sunday of the month. This morning, licensed UD teacher Mary Jones is with us once again from Canada to share knowledge and wisdom from a book entitled The Sacred Human. Take it away, Mary Ben. Hi, everybody. So this is the book, Sacred Human by Jim Rose Murky, who is a unity minister and author. And I'm going to read the blurb on the back of it because this really gives you an idea of the message. Humanity has an awesome potential. We are made of star stuff and in the image of our creator. Our capacity for compassion and love is beyond imagining. Then why are we not expressing all that we can be? Why is our divinity still locked inside us as an imprisoned splendor? The reason for many of us is that we are unwilling to accept our humanity. We consider parts of us unwholesome and unworthy of a place in our lives or the world. We try to hide our hurts and end up imprisoning our divinity. The third millennium calls for a new species of human being, one that knows its humanity to be sacred and its potential to be divine. I'm going to go to share 
some slides that will go along with my talk today with you. Okay, we have an innate ability to put the world and ourselves in proper perspective. We can trust our instincts. Jim talks about when we were babies, we learned brilliant and amazing talents, walking, talking, eating, all the new tastes, all the yumminess, discovering the world. We receive praise for all the times we successfully made forward steps. And the focus was not on how many times we fell down. The focus was on the steps we made successfully. And in the warmth of this admiration and encouragement, we got right back up after any falls or any failures. And we do the same thing for the children in our lives, don't we? It's innate. Jim Rosemurky says in his classic book called The Sacred Human, failure is not the problem. We all fail. No human being ever learned to walk without falling down. So it's easy to see when watching a toddler that the child does not try to fix the failures or correct the mistakes. The little one does no maintenance on herself. Learning to walk is an adventure. And besides, there are things to get into and objects to hold in the hands and shove in the mouth. The child simply accepts falling down places no cosmic significance on it, and gets up again. Now, is this child more gifted than others, or is this one simply expressing an innate ability to put the world in proper perspective? Innately, as the child you were, and the child you really still are, you know that falling and failing is part of the package. The bumpy ride to freedom. The freedom to go wherever it is that you wish to go. As we grow up, as we become bigger children, the ride can become really overwhelming and bumpier and bumpier as we start to experience some of the hard knocks. We may receive too much correction, too much criticism. We are subjected to more and more correction and less and less praise and encouragement, unfortunately. And we can forget the instinct that failure isn't a problem. It can become a very big problem for most of us. And we work hard to change ourselves in order to gain the acceptance and approval of those that mean so much to us, those that we love, 
those that love us. We work hard. And under the pressures of performance anxiety and perfectionism, we can give up. We can simply give up. Often we can feel really lost on the tumultuous seas of a very fragile love, a conditional love, fraught with fear of disappointing others. And moreover, we can experience a very deep shame and that cuts into the core of our sacred human self. Where when we receive critical feedback that we're not measuring up, to another person's standards or to their needs or wants, what they expect from us, we can feel less than and really take it to heart that we're wrong or we're a misfit. And we can really definitely feel that we're not enough. So we learn that we must try to improve our human behavior, try to change our personality, we begin the daunting task of performing maintenance on ourselves. This is the most grievous error that we will ever make, that compulsion of self-improvement, of not accepting ourselves as we are. We hide our vulnerabilities, our negative feelings. We certainly don't consider those to be sacred and they actually are. And our most authentic self, we, we are, goes underground. Our inner child is put in that dark closet within for his own safety. We tell ourselves, you don't wanna get hurt. Stay out of the limelight. You'll be safer. But, but it's scary in that dark spot. It's, it's stifling. And our growth can get stunted. The inner child suffers in there. So we end up blocking our light and our love with that bushel basket securely in place. Jim Rosemurgy asked us, have you ever had a friend or a family member that made you feel accepted? They saw your potential, didn't they? They could see something in you that perhaps you couldn't see in yourself. Sometimes they may have pointed out your weakness or, or a mistake or, or short-sightedness, but that wasn't the main message. The main message was that there was something special about you, that you are a gift to the world. You have worth and talent to be expressed. He goes on to say, however, the greatest influence upon us is not the view of others about us or of us, but our view of ourselves. As Thich Nhat Hanh says, to be beautiful means to be yourself. You don't need to be accepted by others. You need to accept yourself. Why is loving so difficult for some of us? Jim Rosemurgy says, perhaps it's because we do not know that acceptance is the first law of love. 
the most impactful environment is the one we create within us. And we create it by the beliefs that we choose to form and hold about the events in our lives and also the beliefs that we hold about ourselves. Our true environment is not outside of us. It is within. And conditions may be dire, but we have a choice to direct our attention to that which we wish to see. Viktor Frankl, who wrote the classic book, Man's Search for Meaning, survived the concentration camps during the Holocaust. In his book, he relates the stories of survival. He and fellow hopeful prisoners created together. And he shares the insights he received from these survival strategies. One evening, as they were resting on the floor of their huts, bone tired and eating their supper of thin soup, a fellow prisoner rushed in and encouraged everyone to come see the spectacular skies that the sunset was creating. There was vivid color everywhere and also reflected in the puddles that, uh, that the recent rain had left. They were awestruck with the beauty and they just stood there simply mesmerized realizing that the beauty of the world continues no matter what, and that it's always available to us as we are open to it and available to it. So they would also tell each other funny stories about what they would do upon their eventual release. Talk about faith and imagination in action. They wielded it. They affirmed together their enduring qualities of joy and laughter, and that one day they would be free. Their attitude is literally what kept them alive. Their captors took away everything, including their dignity. They couldn't touch. They couldn't take away their power of choice, their mind power, and the power of their attitude. And no one can touch the inner environment that we create for ourselves, no matter what we go through. No condition can touch the inner environment that we create for ourselves. No disease, no discomfort. I invite you now to be open to creating an environment within yourself that honors your sacred humanness. Did you know that your humanity is as sacred as your divinity? I have a story to share with you. The other day, I went for a walk in a beautiful patch of nature near my house. And I had been reading The Sacred Human and I was very inspired to, but I was very inspired by all of it. Um, even this, this, this thought, that my humanity is as sacred as my divinity actually blew my mind. Actually, I was still holding on to some, mm, I think my humanity is a little less than my divinity. <laughs> like, so it was an idea for me to 
to carry as I considered. And I went for a walk in nature. I brought my phone with me. I tucked it into my pocket. I was listening to some spiritual music as I walked. And this pocket is not super deep. And I ended up losing it in the field, in the meadow where I was walking and not realizing it until I got home and I realized it was gone and self-recrimination moved in pretty quickly because I heard things like, you know, that pocket isn't deep enough for you to put your phone in. You've done this before. You should know by now, blah, blah, blah. And I said, stop wait a minute, I'm practicing something different. I'm practicing the idea, the truth that my humanity is sacred. If that's so, any mistake like this, any forgetfulness, any not knowing better, any mistake is actually okay and part of my sacred humanity. And I never need to beat myself up again. So, I'm going to use this moment as a meditation to see if, if this works for me. So I went walking to find my phone and I practiced accepting the idea that I was in sacred space no matter what. And I affirmed that I could be at peace because I would find that phone. So I, I comforted myself and I um and and I was also pretty like nervous about about it laying under a bunch of grass and I didn't have a phone to call it. Um but I was I was practicing being calm and being accepting of my mistake. And I, there was a I looked for it, I couldn't find it, but there was a neighbor in that area and I called out to him and I said, Would you help me? And so he did. He used his phone. He walked with me and he used his phone to call my phone. And eventually we found it. And I walked, I thanked him profusely, and I walked home in a joyful attitude. Not only because, thank goodness I found my phone, it's an expensive piece of equipment, but because I had stayed in a space of peace and acceptance about my mistake. And I didn't give in to self-recrimination. And as I thought about that, I saw in my mind a heavy cloud. And it was self-recrimination. But now I was looking at it. I was the observer. I was now separate from that thing that usually torments me. That's usually a part of my consciousness. and it feels as if it's it's one with me. It feels like it it is me. But now it wasn't. I was looking at it and it was a very heavy, heavy cloud. I felt its heaviness. It was very dark. It was very dark thundercloud. And, and the voice was, you know, you're going to lose that phone if you don't learn. You know, that warning, that shaming voice. And, but now I was looking at it and it had no power over me because I had removed it from my consciousness enough to look at it and release it. 
So uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful shift, a beautiful miracle that I created by practicing this truth of, yes, my humanity is sacred in each instant of my life, in each mistake, in each negative feeling that I have, I am okay. I'm acceptable just as I am. Jim Rosemurgy says, some people mistakenly believe that being healthy and whole means overwhelming the mind with positive beliefs and pushing out the negative and the limiting thoughts. In other words, we try to push away the negative memories and feelings, or at least hide them from ourselves and others. But the cat comes back, doesn't it? We may experience the fullness of the anger or that shame of the past once again at the most inopportune moments. Or we may become depressed as nonspecific feelings of dread fill our days and nights. So when we attempt to push aside or hide part of our human experience, this is called resistance. And resistance only strengthens the impact of the past onto the present. These happenings remake, make us painfully aware of our weaknesses and our human tendency to dwell upon our weaknesses. We think our weaknesses are holding us back and so we curse them. We're like Paul the Apostle when he writes, I do not understand my actions for I do what I for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Trying to do our best and failing is part of the human experience. And, and so is doing the very thing that we don't want to do. It's all part of our package. So Jim says, we don't realize that by hiding the feelings we fear so much, this is blocking the love that we require to blossom and grow, to take those steps, to walk forward as we did when we were a toddler, never being afraid of falling down. As adults, we need to teach ourselves once again that failure is not a problem. So the more we try to control or to ignore our negative feelings, I mean, I couldn't possibly be a jealous, petty, insecure person, could I? The more we fall down in that same place where we started, and we might think, I know I have, here I am again in this place. How did this happen? Don't I do everything I possibly can to succeed? That might be part of what's happening is I'm trying too hard. I'm controlling and I need to let go. I need to just let be. Even more than letting go, I need to just let it be. Just let myself be. Jim Rosemurgy says it boils down to being afraid of our feelings. We don't want to acknowledge them, much less feel them fully and allow them to, to give us their message. And every feeling has a valuable teaching for us if we are willing to have ears to hear. So we try to do maintenance on our feelings 
or we try to fix them or we try to move into some spiritual language to help us um, bypass our negative feelings. Have you ever heard of that term, spiritual bypass? The term was first coined in the 1980s by a transpersonal trans psychotherapist called John Wellwood in his book, Toward a Psychology of Awakening. According to Wellwood, spiritual bypassing can be defined as a tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved problems. Emotional issues, psychological wounds, and unfinished developmental tasks. So it can become a defense mechanism. So rather than working through hard emotions or confronting unresolved issues, we turn to our spirituality as a relief, a comfort, and as an explanation. And we have the idea that negative emotions are not spiritual. A divine platter of jealousy and anger, anyone? Joe's Ro Jim Rosemurgy helped me realize that I still, and I thought I was really good at, you know, feeling my feelings and really um, allowing myself to feel my feelings fully. I mean, I've gotten a lot better at it. So I thought I had that in hand, but I started thinking about it. And, and I realized that I still, my default um, reaction when I feel jealousy or anger, it is to like push that down. Oh, don't be mad at your sister. She's doing the best that she can. Or I couldn't possibly be jealous of, of this other person. Like that's pretty unspiritual. So um, for a while, I, I, I do tuck those away until I realize and become aware of what I'm doing and, 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 and to talk to a beloved friend or a trusted um, sister is really helpful or a brother or a family member. It's really helpful to um, work through those feelings that we're so ashamed of and talking it through releases that shame and allows us to what is the message of the anger what is the message of the jealousy jealousy for me can be um a wonderful teacher showing me what it is that i desire you know i want to do what she's doing all right well let's look at what's holding you back and how can i make that happen in my life or what is the desire underneath that wish is there another way that i can make it happen um yeah the amazing thing is when you accept your whole human self to be as sacred as your divinity then you are made whole you are restored your peace returns you walk in freedom you become free to be vulnerable, be visible to yourself and others. You begin to know the true meaning of unconditional love, experiencing what it really means to love and be loved unconditionally. Because remember the first 
law of love is acceptance. That's what makes love unconditional. The sacred human is very much like a hurt child. Unless I am willing to experience my humanity, I will not be able to express my divinity. So when we are willing to experience our humanity, we find gold nuggets in those dark feelings of our souls. We can choose to explore the very thing we are so afraid of and let the darkness be dispelled by the light of our attentive curiosity. What is going on for me? What is going on for you? Are you willing to be curious about your humanity? Can you call it good and whole and sacred? The beautiful expression of your divinity? Divine mind, divine love, divine spirit, source, God, whatever name we give it, works with and as our sacred body and our sacred soul, which includes the subconscious, our conscious, and our superconscious. And together we manifest unconditional acceptance. And of course, you know, we want to evolve and we want to grow to drive ourselves to learn and grow, to overcome any lack or shortcomings. So we want to ask ourselves, why am I looking to grow in this area? Why am I, am I, am I doing maintenance on myself? So just check in with yourself. Am I coming from a place of thinking I'm not enough? Or is it that um, this is something that I'm okay with? I accept myself as I am. And now it's time for me to accept the call, the inner call to come higher, friend. Come higher, friend. We always hear that inner call of the divine asking us to evolve. And it's beautiful. And we can do that fully as we accept our humanity. So going within our sacred self to tap into that power, to check in with ourselves, to receive the guidance that we need is really important to know why we're doing something. It's not what we do, but why we know that. Then we can move wisely forward, asking for and receiving the support that we need. And we own our own process. Ultimately, we are in charge of ourselves. So my message today is when you fail or fall, it's showing that how awesome you are. You're working the process. You're working the learning curve. And you're one step closer to understanding how to attain the skill that you're working on or the healing that you're manifesting or the lesson that you are learning. We don't need to, have you ever heard people say like, I need to learn this lesson because I'm in too much pain. 
we don't need to rush ahead to learn the lesson. We need to like befriend the pain. And that opens the way to self-acceptance and getting the lesson in all its fullness. Jim reminds us to be gentle. Be gentle with your sacred with your sacred human, for it holds the key to the life you want to live. Ask the sacred human to emerge from the darkness and stand in the light. As it does, the one made of the stuff of the stars will take its rightful place in the world. When we know the truth, when we realize our, our human sacredness, we no longer have anything to fear. We really are set free. Jim, when he when he uh, faces his own memories and feelings and thoughts that have haunted him or that he, fe he, he feels are negative, he sits in meditation with it. He affirms, and I share this affirmation with you, I have the courage and personal integrity necessary to experience my humanity. I have the courage and personal integrity necessary to experience my humanity. Resist not. Let this whole experience be done in a prayerful and meditative way. For this approach to growth is a call to experience the presence. Feel, think, remember uncomfortable feelings, thoughts, memories. Be totally alive. Call none of this evil or bad. It is. This is the prayer that Jim uses, which I thought I'd share with you. It is. God is. I am. And he takes that with him into the silence. He sits with it and he listens for the message attached to the feeling. Can you tap into your acceptance, your love and your compassion? Let's go into meditation now. And I am going to guide you. Take deep centering breaths. You might breathing into the count of five, holding for five, and releasing for five. And again, and relax completely. Just let your shoulders drop. Let everything go. Release all tension that your body is holding. And just let the idea that your humanness is sacred, bring it with you. 
into that sacred chapel within your heart. Just contemplate it. Gaze upon it. Open yourself to it. At this time, you may want to invite your most beloved way shower into your sacred space. Perhaps it is Mary, mother of Jesus. Perhaps it is Mary Magdalene. Perhaps it is Jesus. Perhaps it is your spirit animal, your angel. Buddha, Allah, whomever, let them be with you now. Let them gaze upon you and see that they are gazing upon your, your humanness as a very sacred thing, a very holy thing indeed. Hold their gaze. If you wish to ask a question, go ahead and do that now. Now listen in the silence. Thank your way shower for showing you the truth about yourself, for their encouragement and the warmth of their admiration and affection and unconditional love. Return to this space of church, shift your body a little, Maybe stretch a little bit. 
become a become aware of the gift you have been given, the gift you give. Give yourself a mental heartfelt hug of appreciation, affection, and appreciation. You really are beautiful and acceptable just the way you are. I love you. <clears throat> Thank you, Marianne. I loved your uh, story about your cell phone. What a perfect example of not allowing conditions to dictate how you feel. You know, I want to remind everybody again, in each and every moment of now, you get to choose a thought that feels better or one that feels worse. What a wonderful job Marianne's story did of showing how if you just choose those better feeling thoughts, you don't have to let yourself spiral down to that negative place. And what an inspiration. Now somebody else wants to speak up. And here at Unity, we don't tell people to sit down and be quiet. Yeah. We bring them on up here. Tell them to speak. Yeah. <laughs> so Joanne's got something to say. Hello. I just wanted to share something with you that I uh, got off the web. Where did it go? Notes. I didn't save it anyway. Anyway, it's the idea that um, when we get too spiritual, is that, is that a problem? <laughs> when you only think of spirit, um, you do ignore your, your, your humanness here. We, we came here to be human and to be a blended being. So I, this was um, one I saw, and I'm going to read this to myself every morning. It was off the Abraham site. You didn't come here to work on yourself. You didn't come here to figure it all out. Yeah. You didn't come here to follow someone else's techniques. You didn't come here to better yourself. You didn't come here to heal yourself. You didn't come here to live someone else's desires. You didn't come here to get more information. You didn't come here to be someone you are not. You didn't come here to be mended. You did not come here to be others. You didn't come here to live in the past. You didn't come here to look at your inner child. You didn't come here to examine contrast. <sighs> you came here because you knew you are a creator genius. You came here because you knew that the whole universe is answering to your every desire. You came here to have fun. You came here to enjoy the beauty of this planet. You came here to play. You came here to laugh. You came here to enjoy others. You came here because you knew you have choices. You came here because you knew you are liquid love. You came here because you knew that your every desire is yours immediately. You came here because you knew you can't get it wrong. You came here because you knew it will be easy. You came here because you knew you have supreme guidance. You came here because you knew there was only abundance. You came here to tell the glorious story of who you truly are. The trick is to remember this. And now it's time for our offering. Thank you, Joanne. While we are together spiritually, in spirit, physically and virtually, we want to thank everyone who's donated to Unity by Mail. We appreciate any checks sent to the church at 800 South Pearl Street, Centraya, 98531. You can also donate online by clicking on the donation page on our website, unityofcentraya.net. 
Thank you, Tom. As we hold our offerings in our hands and hearts, let's say our offering prayer together. Okay. <laughs> She's lost her connection. Okay. Our, our, our slideshow runners lost their connection, so let's see how your memory goes. Yeah. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, give, all that I receive, and all that I am. And now it's time for a blessing of thanks. Oh, wait. Get ahead of myself. For a blessing of thanks. Let's all say our blessing of thanks together. We bless these gifts and send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. And so it is. And now it's time for a healing prayer. Members of our community event requested we send out healing prayers and energy to the people of our communities who must deal with basic human needs while living without a home. I would like to send out our collective healing energy to everyone and everything be affected by war and natural disaster out there in our world. And ask for everyone to please pray for the people of Mali and, and keep your, your hearts centered on the folks in Lahaina. Now, if you'd like to focus our collective group healing energy for someone, shout out their name, Raise your hand if you're on Zoom, unmute, and we'll turn you on so we can hear you. Tell us who it is, or you can just hold their name quietly in your hearts. We'll let John here. Let's all pray for John. Um, Beloved Mother, Father, God, we ask for the highest and greatest good for all and endeavor to see them through your eyes, knowing all is in divine order. Amen. Now it's time for a prayer of protection. Let's all say our prayer of protection together. Mm -hmm. 
The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Now we take a moment to thank all of you who made our Sunday service possible. Thank you, Tom, for all your technical stuff and running the camera. Thank you, Peggy, for your slideshow. Yeah, thank you, Joyce, for all of the wonderful music. Thank all of you for being here today. We deeply appreciate all the ways you give of your time, talent, and treasure. And if you're interested in serving, uh, please speak to Susan for fellowship. Time about volunteering to be a reader, or maybe a slideshow runner, or a service leader, or maybe play music. Anything you want to do to volunteer. Also, please join us next Sunday when our own beloved Eileen Selleck will be our speaker. Finally, please stay with us after service if you wish to share in our fellowship time. Now it's time for the Pete song. Let's all form a circle and join hands in the center in Zoomland and sing our song of peace. Dave doesn't want to be a part. Ran away. Come on. 